Hello again, and welcome to this edition of One for the Road podcast. My name is Randy Schlichting. I'm joined by my good friend, Bob Carter. We are your co-host for this edition, and we are joined in studio this week by our good friends, Gene Harrival and Tim, I'll think of his last name in just a second, Shaw. He's a good friend, close friend of ours. I'm just kidding. We know Tim real well. He's been a ruling elder here for a long time. God's done an amazing work in his life and heart, and he's got a deep deep desire to see people get connected to the church. So we'll share about that a little bit. Gene will talk about Taste of Perimeter. How do people come? Why do people come? What happens there? We'll revisit some issues surrounding that great event that we have here every month. Bob will talk about membership interviews. I will sit back and maybe poke fun at them a little bit, laugh, ask some funny questions or just some questions that they cannot possibly answer. I know them well enough. I have kind of the license and liberty to do that. So it'll be a fun time as we talk about membership here at Perimeter Church want you to sit back, relax, enjoy, and welcome to this edition of One for the Road podcast. Okay, we're here with uh, Gene and Tim, and uh, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking about Gene Harrible, um, I remember. Uh, that we used to be in the uh, River Green, and I, maybe some of you remember this, and those of you new don't know that we used to hand out mints every Sunday, <laughs> and so she's so grateful that we stopped doing that. <laughs> so is Randy Pope. So is Randy Pope. But um, I, you know, if there's one person who I think has a a heartbeat on sort of the newcomer coming to church, I think it's Eugene. And uh, because your experience with, with obviously Taste of Perimeter inquires a membership. So first question, really, I just want to throw out to you. And, you know, I understand there are probably a lot of different answers to this. But do you have a general sense as newcomers are walking into Perimeter Church, maybe what are some of the thoughts, uh, maybe feelings they're having, expectations uh, that they may be having as well as they, you know, come to this big place called Perimeter Church? Uh, thanks, Bob. We have um, a big, varied group, and we find that most people come in, um, they're either hurting and they're looking for some help. We also find that people are coming um, from other churches because they're looking for ministries that will minister more to their families. We also find that they're coming in and wondering if they'll be accepted here because um, we do look like a very wealthy church, and they see the high-end cars in the parking lots, and they wonder, do I really fit in? Um, and then they come inside, and they're wondering, will I get connected? I can't find my way. It's so large. And what does it mean even to to be connected in a big church like this? Many have, have come from small churches, so it's very varied in their um, looking at it, but also varied as they walk in and how they experience, especially that first time, the warmth and how they actually walk through the process from even dropping off their children to getting to the worship service itself. So is it, would you say that most people is in uh, want to get connected? Because you think about sometimes people come into larger churches, they just want anonymity. They just kind of want to sit in the back row and come in and, and go out at the end and not really connect or talk with any, anyone. But most people, you think, want to become connected. I do. I think most people do want to be connected. There are a few that we do find that come in that are burnout from other churches or have been hurt 
in other churches, and they are coming um, for a time of quiet and sitting in that back and not wanting to be known or recognized, and they just want to receive, they want to recharge, they want to take a look around, um, and they probably won't get connected for a few years or even do anything that would connect them except to come and worship and heal in many cases. Uh-huh. So they're there just kind of, they, they got their toe in the water, Mm-hmm. And they're checking us out. So sure. What about uh, is there is there a difference, Tim? When you when, you know, as far as people coming in and joining the church, so obviously they've got to go through, you know, inquirers and membership and all that. But you know, do you find that as people come and join the church, that they said, okay, I'm willing to make this step now. And what is it that's motivating people? You know, and again, there may be a lot of reasons. But what is it's motivating people now to take that step of membership, do you think? And to Gene's point, there's a lot of different reasons, but uh, there's just different opportunities that people have seen where uh, they've been connected a little bit, and that kind of whets their appetite for wanting to get fully connected. Uh, I think we have uh, just the way we do membership. We, we hear it a lot in membership interviews how once people get to that point, they really appreciate uh, the relationships that they've had up until then through Taste of Perimeter, Inquirers, Membership Seminar. The church really does a good job of helping people feel uh, relational through the whole process. So by the time they get to the membership interview, they're really excited about becoming a part of, of what they've already felt. Mm-hmm. Can I maybe take a left turn here? And, and I Politically? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> not going to that I am... I joined the church before Jean was on staff. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, you know, going through the whole thing, inquires and whatnot. And I was a relatively mature Christian. But having to sit with two elders, I have to tell you, I was nervous. You know, even though I knew the answers were yes, 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 and I, I had my testimony kind of prepared, I almost felt like a grade school kid kind of thing. Talk through that process a little bit, either one or both of you, about this whole membership thing. And maybe Bob, I'd love to hear you. Probably got a gazillion stories. Haven't been here. You know, you, you're turning seventy this year. I know, so you've been around for many, many years. Sixty nine. Sixty nine. Right. Um, about uh, what elders can do to make that more comfortable, if anything, and maybe it's just kind of the test that's got to be done. So I don't know, maybe start with Tim and sweep around the table. I'd love to just get y'all's thoughts about That's a great question because I can remember when I was before the elders 14 years ago, the only two people I knew in the church outside of the friends I made were these two elders. I didn't know how many elders there were at that time, and the fact that we have as many as we do now, when there are two members or a member sitting there to be interviewed, their perception is varied. All they know is there's two men here who are going to determine whether they are allowed to come into this church. And I think that what I've tried to do over the years is try to, you know, put them at ease and let them know that we're a big church and sometimes I don't even know the elder I'm sitting next to. I've never met him before. And it's a, and just try to stress the relational aspect that I'm going to learn about him. We're going to learn about you. We're going to determine where you are spiritually. This isn't a pass or fail thing. Our role as an elder or elders is to help you understand to the best of our ability your assurance of salvation Mm -hmm. for us to not allow you to have a false sense of assurance of salvation by allowing you to join the church until you understand the gospel and that this isn't really a uh, uh, 
pass or fail situation. It's we're here to help understand where you are. If you have a good understanding of the gospel, then we're going to uh, affirm your membership. If you're not, then we're going to help you get to that understanding to where you will become a member. And I think if it's set up differently on the front end, people are, are put more at ease. It's not a, mm -hmm. uh, it's like, a, oh my gosh, am I worthy or not? Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump in here just a little further. I'm going to skip over you for a second, Gene. I know, sure. Because I'd love to hear, Bob, your stories of, your stories of, um, Dates that go bad, or elder interviews that go bad, or just just when it struggles, there when people come and they're not where they could be, perhaps. Well, I mean, to get back to what you talked about, I mean, here you were, as you said, you were a mature Christian, and yet you were nervous about it. I think that there are many people that that will come into these situations, and and they are nervous, and you know, like. Me, you know, sometimes, uh, and I'm I'm in situations where I'm really nervous. I might even be able to remember my name, you know. So it's like, <laughs> so so people come in, and you know, we go, okay, you know, give us your testimony, how you came to know Christ, or whatever, and then, you know, often talk about the magic words. They got to have the magic words mm -hmm. to say the right thing, or whatever. And what we've discovered, you know, through the years, is that, you know, in an ideal world, I mean, it would be great if our elders knew everybody who was walking into the church. And uh, we interviewed them, and we saw their life, and we, we had examined their life, and we said, you know, their life really confirms what they're saying. But we don't really have that luxury here, and so sometimes it is dependent on that. So, uh, you know, I just, I think that uh, we've, had, we've had some uh, people that have, you know, when we said we, we, we would like to uh, maybe explore this with you further, we might want to right now hold your membership. Uh, we've had meltdowns, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. We've had uh, people feeling rejected, and is that totally us? No, uh, I think we're constantly having to prove that. I don't think, and I'll, I'll just be honest, and I'd be honest to, uh, I'd be, I'd like to know where you all are on this, mm -hmm. but I don't think we can totally uh, control how people are going to respond mm -hmm. necessarily to that. But I, I think it's what we do afterwards that's the key. Mm, yes. And it's the follow-up. The, the biggest learning I've had, and Gene will confirm this, is that if we don't recommend somebody for membership, we say, by the way, we don't recommend you for membership. And it's almost like, see ya. <laughs> and, uh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's like getting a Dear John letter, and yeah. you're just like, that's mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Whereas I have seen some people that don't recommend and what do they do? They call them that day. They follow up with them. I want to get together mm -hmm. with you. I want to talk about this. And so there's the shepherd. It's all about shepherding. I mean, that's what you're doing. And so, you know, that's the thing that our elders more and more, we have to get our hands around that. That's what it means. We, uh, You know, obviously I'm not going to put people on different levels, but all the people we should be shepherding, those are the people that we should right. shepherd. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> Some so ninety nine and one. That yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah that's, that's just. I mean, there's a lot I could say about it, but I want to hog the time. It's just. I'd be curious what y'all think about it. Yeah. So, you guys have thoughts on that? You know, I had the opportunity to do just what you're talking about. I had a fellow I had to call him mm -hmm. years ago, and as I started down the path, he knew where I was headed and uh, told me he would talk to his wife and decide whether they want wanted to 
meet again, and he called me back. And this is the guy that you said, hey, no, you can't be a member? Yeah, he you know, said, look, we just need to let him know we need I didn't say that. I said, we need to we need to spend a little more time just to get a better understanding because we had 45 minutes and kind of didn't have enough time to really, mm-hmm. you know, hear your story. And it was actually his wife. He was he gave a very credible mm-hmm. profession. His wife just, just couldn't. And to Bob's point, sometimes there's nerves. There's They don't say the right things. You just can't get a feel. And, you know, they had a child that was due in, like a month, and their their whole plan was to to be members before the child was born. So, you know, we derailed their their plans a little bit because uh, mm-hmm. he called me the next day to tell me, you know, he said we're devastated, and just hearing that, you go. Oh. Mm-hmm. But they engaged and uh, uh, met with them that week. Took my wife with me. The four of us had dinner, and just over a relaxed uh, evening, she very clearly articulated her understanding of the gospel mm-hmm. and it was a joyful mm-hmm. time we we, mm-hmm. we, we kind of got through that had had great time together and you know we still are in contact with this family and that's the joy of, of shepherding but it's still work to get to that point mm-hmm. it's you a know, great I, example I, I think you know do our elders really understand you know where first peter talks about you know we're we're entrusted with this flock mm-hmm. and not because we should but because we're willing and uh it, it, it's a labor sometimes, but there's joy in the end. It really is. That's well. Well, let me shift here a, a little bit. We were talking earlier about when, when Gene first came on. For those of you who know and love Gene, Bob is well loved. I'm, I'm not sure where I'm at on the scale there, the ranking scale. I think I'm, I'm not top ten. I know, but oh, there's love Bob you, and there's Gene. Gene's the highest, and then Bob. And there's a gap between the two of them, frankly. But um, we used to call Gene kind of Julie and the Love Boat. Those those of you who are younger listeners here won't have any idea. You have to kind of Google that or Wikipedia or whatever to figure out what the Love Boat was. But uh, Julie and the Love Boat, about the whole idea of kind of being the cruise director and, and being someone's friend until they... Talk about that a little bit, how you guys do that and the, the heart you get, who you use and to, to kind of help make that go as best you can. Yeah. That is the joy, is having people find that connection. Um and it's making those phone calls, it's finding out where they are, where they've been, getting their story a little bit, and then from there being able to say, here's the next step, here's the beginning step for you. So I can't make all those phone calls like I used to, which I loved, um, but we have um, a few folks that make those phone calls for us, either after they've become members, a few months later they make those calls, but also as people indicate some of their interests and how they'd like to get connected, either through serving or through fellowship, um, I take some of those calls, but also those ministries have assignments, quote-unquote, um, to make those follow-up calls and to really connect with folks, and whether it's discipleship or a women's group, or even for some it's um, needing a support group because they're hurting and they're in pain and mm-hmm. they're looking at Celebrate Recovery or even Genesis. So it's getting them to that place where they can begin to heal, to grow, and then continue to move forward and becoming that mature, equipped follower. So some of the staff, we have volunteers, again, that make those phone calls and and assist in helping people get connected. Yeah, and I think that it's just, it's it's relational. You know, that's what it is. It's relational. Mm -hmm. And, and, And we all understand in the culture that we live in and, in North Fulton and all this, it's you know that's hard because of the busyness of people. But when it all gets down to it, it's relational. I mean, so it's uh, that's where I think we hit home runs in many cases where you know, and sometimes we don't. We strike out, 
but I think the attempt to make this as a big place as relational as possible, it's always a challenge, mm-hmm. is, is where, we're, where we can succeed. That's yeah. what, I wonder where time's kind of wrapping here, but it, this is elders and deacons are listening to this primarily, this mm-hmm. podcast. So what would you guys say to them? And this isn't kind of a, well, hey, you guys should do better, run harder, do faster, be more relational, whatever. I mean, it's, even though I think the relational part is an a, yes and amen, but mm-hmm. um, what would you say to them out there? I mean, Gene, as you interact with them, and then Bob, I know you're kind of pastor of elders and whatnot, and Tim, you are one. Just kind of comment on an encouraging word maybe to, to elders and, and deacons too, maybe speak to that topic, what, what their part of the process is. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gene, Tim, Bob. Okay. Um, I want to say thank you. I know many elders and deacons have really stepped up and are really relational. Um, I think especially the deacons, um, especially with their ministry to widows, um, often I'm talking to widows and hearing from them the love and the support and the encouragement that they get. Um, And even single moms that are in great need of having a man come alongside to lead and help direct and make um, decisions and just help them find a process um, for their car, for issues in their house. So um, I think overall, many of the elders do well. I think, too, it's a matter of us just being available and just asking one question more um, about who they are as a person Mm -hmm. and digging deeper. I think it's easy in an interview to slide over things. We're finding that, you know, you take an extra minute and say, well, how's your marriage? And you're going to open up a can of worms. And I think if, if we don't take that extra step, we're, we are bringing in people who are very hurting. And they're, they got the mask up. They're looking good. But they're really hurting on the backside. Good. Tim? Uh, I think one thing that comes up in the membership interviews a lot of times is that, you know, the again, prospective members are seeing some elders there. And they expect that we have all the answers. So... I think just to be educated about what's going on in the church to the best of your ability to where we can give information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just being open and honest and showing a level, level of vulnerability that we're not perfect, that you know we're just just like the people we're interviewing, mm-hmm. let them know sometimes where we've struggled and victories and a way to find that. And, and, and as Bob said, it's relational. Just yeah. if you can build a relationship, sometimes at that membership interview, you have the opportunity to very easily stay connected to that person because you've already been connected yeah. and if you just follow up and uh, again our church is so big but the people who are really looking to be connected the main connecting point they have is at that membership interview mm-hmm. and uh, once they feel comfortable with the with the guys they're with it so many things come out just in follow-up mm-hmm. that's, that's good and, and you said we're not perfect i just want to make sure did i say that did you hear that <laughs> we're not perfect that's okay right. well good, good that's, that's a good transition people. to bob <laughs> Speaking of not perfect people, <laughs> yeah. Bob. Amen, brother. You know, I will just echo what what both of them have said, and I and I. It's not that complicated, but it's just hard. I mean, our lives are, we get distracted, and I know for me, distracted. There's so many people, but in terms of just you know being available to people, and uh, as as whether elders or deacons is being available, and and quite frankly, if you're saying, man, I can't well you let us know you know let us know whether you, especially in these these membership interviews if you're mm-hmm. saying man i can't i don't know if i can right now step up the plate and how about just let us know so we can come alongside and help but again it's just this is being there 
and, and uh, what an opportunity. I'm, I'm telling you, it's such an incredible opportunity with some of these people. Because yeah. Yeah. it's not a task. It's not a task. It's, it's relational. It's yeah. good. Yeah, you know, and I'll close this here. We're out of time. You know, you guys make me think. We open this up by talking about my membership interview, and perhaps for all of us to remember, you know, Scripture calls us to remember your baptism. It's a sacrament. Remember your baptism and what happened there. For us to remember our membership interview when we first came into the church, that could be helpful for you guys who are out there uh, doing membership interviews and connecting. Remember what that felt like, what that looked like, just the issues and whatnot, and you'll go a long way with that. And we did have questions about your profession. <laughs> we, we never got back with you on that. Yeah, I so. know. That's the whole this is accountability for me today. I need to get that other elder that interviewed you. <laughs> There's been that whole little, little asterisk in my file the whole, all these years. I wonder what that asterisk was. All right. Well, we thank you guys so much for listening in to One for the Road podcast. As always, you know we are available on iTunes now. You can go out there and subscribe. We'd love for you to do that. I think uh, we're trying to get uh, above uh, Madonna and Justin Timberlake in number of subscriptions right now. So if you'll go out and subscribe, that'd be great. And we will see you next time on One for the Road.